So we're a few weeks into January here. Um, and the theme of newness, uh, it, it permeates this time of year. And it's a key theme in our message tonight as well. When I think about New Year's, I think about this. New Year is all about taking one tiny step. One step. It's January. A lot of us, there, there's places we want to be. There's goals we've set. There's things that we want for ourselves. There's things we're believing God for. And those things that we're believing Him for, they start the same way. With one step. With one step. With one act of intentionality. With one step of faith. No matter where we're going, it starts that same way. It starts with a step. Where do you want to be? Take a step to get there. Who do you want to be? Take a step to get there. But as we're stepping, we need to know what our focus is, who we're looking at, what our aim is. Even if it's something about who we want to be or where we want to be or something that, if, even if it's a personal goal and desire, we do so with our eyes set on Christ. Tonight, I want to share some things with you that might help in taking those steps. We want this year to be a new year and not just a continuation of the old. And that's actually a really cool thing about new year. It's really powerful if you think about it. In our minds and in our hearts, most of us have this ability to kind of do this disconnect and go, it's new. It's new. The old is past. The date has changed. It is new. We flipped the calendar. It's new. It's a new year. And, and the Lord gives us this crazy good bit of hope in our hearts. It's like, yeah, there's newness. If we had a chance to uh, live last year all over again, to revisit some things, there's probably some things that we would do different, right? Because there's probably some mistakes we made. We go, yeah, I, I would do that different. We don't beat ourselves up over it. We go, yeah, if I had the opportunity, I would. Maybe it's something, not even a mistake you made. Maybe it's just something that was thrust upon you. Because in life, we have setbacks. In life, we have losses. In life, we have tragedies. They happen. There's games we're going to lose. There's battles that we're not going to be victorious in. And we're going to be faced with difficulties, with possibly disasters that we had no way of seeing them coming. And next thing we know, they're thrust upon us. And that is just the simple reality of life. And when those things happen, we may get knocked back a few steps. We may get knocked back a lot of steps. Or it may just stop us completely in our tracks. But there will come a time when we gather ourselves, when we receive His healing, when we Feel the fight once again. And we take another step towards where God wants us. There are steps that have to be taken to get us to the new 
places in the Lord. Steps that have to be taken to get us to new places in the Lord. So I, I was thinking about like doing like a like a hike at Chautauqua, you know. And there's some place. It's a pretty, uh, it's a it's a nice hike. It's not a very challenging hike, but there are places in Chautauqua and Boulder when you kind of get up there where you can be challenged a little. And I, I think of there's certain steps where it's like it's not just this. It's you've got to throw a leg up there and and really get up there and and take a big step. That image I just gave. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. This message is not about trying harder. This message is not about trying harder. It's not about striving harder. This message is about trusting harder. Trusting harder. To have a successful new year. To walk in the newness of the Lord. It's not a matter of us trying harder. We have to trust the Lord harder. But understand this. Trust requires faith. And faith requires steps. Right? Trust requires faith. And faith requires steps of action. And the first step of faith that we will talk about tonight is this. Step number one, forget the past. Step number one, forget the past. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That first step that we're told is remember not the former things. Don't remember them. Don't remember them. Forget them. Why do we cling to those things that that are so painful? We're told here to forget them. To forget them. Step number two. We are told, don't consider the old. Don't consider the old. That Hebrew word for consider is simply translated to discern, to understand, to consider. The Lord is saying this. Forget the past. Forget about it. Forget about it. And don't try to understand it. That's what it's saying. Forget about it and don't try and understand it. Forget about it and don't consider it. That's what it's saying. Why do we have such a difficult time with that? Why do we try so hard to understand? To understand those hardships, those difficulties. Guys, I know that our our God is mighty and He's He's eternal and he's big and he's everywhere but he is not in the past he's in the future what what happens yesterday there's things we can't change there's things we don't want to change there's things we would change whatever what god what god is concerned with is our future it's tomorrow 
It's right now. It's these, every breath that we're breathing and what we're doing for Him. Don't try to understand the things of old. Don't try to understand why you went through difficulties. Don't commit your thought life to the past and trying to figure out the things of the past. It's a difficult thing to do. It's a challenging thing to do. Step two is challenging. Step number one, I get it. I'm going to forget the past. Done. But step number two, don't try and understand it. A little bit more challenging. Guys, to do this, we have to let Jesus Christ be Lord of our thought life. We have to let Jesus be Lord of our thought life. What do we meditate on? What do we think about? What do we allow to consume our mind? What do we wake up with and go to bed with? What do we allow this mind to be consumed with? What do we command this mind to be consumed with? I, I love that David commanded his soul to worship the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All, my mind, my will, my emotions. That's, that's what our soul is. Our mind, our will, our emotions. Bless the Lord. Mind, will, and emotions. Bless His holy name. All that's within me, bless His holy name. We can do this. But we've got to allow Jesus to be Lord of our thought lives. And what does Jesus want us thinking about? It's probably somewhere in the Word. Maybe Philippians 6. Or 4, rather. Philippians 4, 6-8. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all what? Which surpasses what? All understanding. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. How cool is that? How cool is that? That the peace of God will guard our hearts. You guys, we don't have to understand all those things that took place yesterday. But we do need to submit to the peace of God so our hearts can be guarded. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, how many things can fit into those categories? How many things can fit? How many things? Let's just take one of them. Whatever is, let's go in the middle. Whatever is just, that's a good one. Whatever is just, think on these things. We're told to think on goodness, on excellence, on praiseworthiness. You guys, it, I don't even want to like super spiritualize this. I, I really don't. There's a lot of beauty in this world. And there's a lot of times, if we would just sit and think about a puppy, things would be better. Just think about puppy's breath. Just think about a baby's giggle. Just think about the clouds opening up when it's being gray. And it's like, oh, sunshine. It might be 30 degrees, but it's sunshine. 
think on these things. Question. Is it going to be your actions or God's actions that produce the results that you're believing God for in those new things that you're believing Him for? Is it going to be your actions or His? Is it going to be your work or His? Is it going to be your effort or His? God's. God's God's was the correct answer in all of those. Correctamundo. God's. And it's if it's God's actions and thoughts that will produce results and get you where you want to be, do you think that God is thinking about the past and doing a work in the past? Do you think those are the thoughts of God? This is a really good question. Do you think those are the thoughts of God yesterday? Do you think those are the thoughts of God, what you did yesterday? No. Clearly not. Clearly not. We read it in Isaiah 43. So verse 19, Behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. Behold. You know what the translation of behold is? The translation of behold is dude. Dude! I'm doing a new thing! Well, clearly it's not, it's not dude, but I mean, it's closer to this. Check it out. Check it out. Look and see. That's what behold is. Look and see. Check it out. I'm doing a new thing. It's, it's a call to attention. Behold. Check it out. I'm doing something new. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Friends, if our mind is on the things of yesterday, it's hard to perceive the new things God's doing. Because this is a question. Do you not perceive it? No, Lord, I don't. Okay, I get that. I get that. Look at my eyes. Put your head on my on my chest. Look at me. Feel, feel my hands. Feel that I'm with you. Now do you perceive it? Now do you perceive it? Yeah, Lord. I perceive it now. No, that's, that's awesome. Just stay with me then. Just stay here. Do you not perceive it? Friends, when we allow the things of the past and, and, and those things to cloud us, man, it's tough to perceive the new things that the Lord's doing. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do you not perceive it? No, Lord, I don't. Do you not perceive it? No, Lord. I'm in the wilderness. Well, sweetie, how about, how about if I make a path for you? How about if I make a path for you in that wilderness? Now, now do you perceive it? Do you perceive it? No, Lord, I don't. Why? Because I'm in the desert. If I bring a river to this desert, then would you perceive the newness of what I'm doing? Would that make it easier for everybody? That's what our God is saying. Do you not perceive it? I will bring a path to the wilderness. I will bring a river to the desert. Our God is just that great. This is not poetic license being taken here. Our God is just that great. That is what He does. He makes paths appear in the wilderness and He makes paths straight. Because He loves us. 
Because there's something new He's doing and He wants us to be a part of it. No matter what desert or wilderness that you have been through or that you are feeling, this is a new year and I'm not talking about just a new calendar year. This is a new season in the Lord. There is new things that God has for you and I. Step three is to behold. It's to behold. It's to look and see. It's to check it out. God is saying, look at the new things I'm going to do and that I'm including you in. Tonight during worship, I just asked the Lord, Lord, let me see what you're doing. I want to be included. Let me see what you're doing. I just want to be included. And and the Lord, and I'm just kind of walking right here, and Anthony was right here. And he's like, I'm healing Anthony. I'm like, I want to be included. So I just I just put my hands on him. I didn't even have like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even pray. I just put my hands on him. Because I saw that the Lord was healing Anthony, and I wanted to be included. And then he's like, I'm healing Christine. And I'm like, I want to be included too. I just want to be included. I don't want to fabricate something you're doing, but I also don't want to hesitate in what you're doing. I just want to be included, Lord. I just want to be included. God doesn't want you to live in the past because He is not building your future there. Did you guys hear that? God does not want you to live in the past because He is not building your future there. See that? That was like prophetic right there. Lights come on. God is far more interested in your future than He is in your past, friends. That is the truth. Praise God. Praise God. He's far more interested in my future than He is in my past. Praise God that Jordan, He is far more interested in how He's going to use you and the new things you get to be a part of than the ways you blew it yesterday. Far more interested. I'd say He doesn't even care about that. The blood of Jesus made sure of that. Doesn't even care about the past. Doesn't even care... He's faithful to heal. He's faithful to uplift. He's faithful to do those things. Once again, the blood of Jesus took care of that. But now, there's a future. That's what He cares about. Something that God is constantly focused on our past. On all the wrong we've done. On all the bad we've done. Logan, isn't that awesome that that's not true? Isn't that awesome that he is not focused on the wrong we've done? He is not focused on the past. He's focused on how he wants to use you, how he wants to bless you, how he wants his glory and his graciousness to be upon you. How cool is that? Friends, this is the God we gotta believe. This is the God we lock onto that we behold. Revelation 21.5 says this, And he who was seated on the throne said, Dude, check it out. I am making all things new. Behold, I am making all things new. So I had to look up that word new. I, I, in, in this study, I had to look it up. I'm like, new can mean a lot of things. If I, if I give you a, a, a garment, you know, that's a used garment, and I give it to you, it's new to you. Oh, look, oh sweet, where'd you get that hoodie? Oh, Mark gave it to me. Oh, it's, it's new. I mean, it's two years old, but it's new to me. So I had to look up, what does new mean? Here's what new, the, the translation for new is kainos, is the word, and it means 
of a new kind. Completely unprecedented. Novel. Uncommon. Unheard of. Friends, look it up for yourselves. Look it up in the Strong's Concordance. How ridiculous is that definition of new? Uncommon. Novel. Unprecedented. Completely unheard of. That's what he says he's doing. He's making all things new. He's making all things completely unheard of. You see, our our perception of new is skewed. If any of you parents, being a good mom or being a good dad, if, if when your kids were children or if they're children now, if their favorite toy, let's, let's call it a doll or an action figure, if it was ruined and it was broken and you saw the ways that it was just hurting your kid and you're like, I'm, I want to do something about this. Many of us might go to the store, go online, and we'd get that item again that was so special to them. And we'd get it, and, and we'd come and we'd say, here you go, sweetie. Here you go. And you go, oh my gosh, it's new. Thank you. Daddy, thank you. Mommy, thank you. And we'd give them something new. We'd give them the, the exact same thing. Because like, man, they, they took such joy in it. We'd get them the exact same thing, right? So check this out. God our perfect father. Let's use the exact same scenario. Action figure doll, right? So it breaks. God, you know what God would do? He'd be like, here you go, sweetie. Here you go, buddy. And he'd give us like a spaceship, like a flying saucer. Not like a toy flying saucer. I'm talking about a legit X-wing fighter. Okay? I'm talking about a spaceship. And he'd be like, here you go. And you're like, this is insane. And you're lapping the neighborhood going, my doll broke and it gives me a spaceship. Unbelievable. My action figure broke and it gave me a UFO. Completely unprecedented. Completely novel. And so much bigger than what we thought. When he says he makes all things new, that's what he does completely unprecedented. I don't want to just give you a used version, a new version of the used you. I want to give you something new. The new thing that God has for you simply isn't an unbroken version of the old one you had before. Okay? It's not good enough for you. Not not. In your father's eyes, that's not good enough. It's something com- completely unprecedented. It's completely uncommon, completely novel, completely awesome. Steps. We forget the past. Two. We don't consider or we don't try to understand the old. Three. We behold. These are the steps of faith that God tells us, that we see in His Word, that we need to do to experience the new things that He has for us. But there's one more vital step that is needed. Trust. 
trust. Remember, don't try harder. Trust harder. Trust. Trust God to help you. Trust God to get you there. Trust God in His newness. Trust God with this step. Trust God with this stumble. Trust God with this next step. Zechariah 4.6 says this. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What he's saying is not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit. Not by your strength, but by my spirit. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own what? Understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your path. Do not lean on your own understanding. If I was to call, you know, one of the men up here and said, just, I need to lean on you. Can you just hold me up? And I put my body at a, you know, 45 or close there to it degree angle. I would be completely dependent upon that brother to hold me up. And if that brother checked his watch or answered his phone or decided to tweet about this experience, I would be flat on the ground. What do we lean on? The Bible's telling us don't lean on your understanding because you're going to end up where? flat on the ground. But you can lean on God. You can lean on God. You can be completely vulnerable before God. You can be completely angled out before God. He ain't moving. You can trust Him. Trust. 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 You can fall. He's there. He's going to catch you. Trust. Trust. He's going to make straight your past. He's going to actually create paths where they don't exist in those wilderness places. Trust. Everything has to start with truly trusting in God. If you can't trust God to help you, then you'll be trusting either yourself or others to help you. I want to say that again. If you can't truly trust in God to help you out, then you're going to be trusting something, friends. You're either going to be trusting self or you're going to be trusting others. And I'm not trying to be mean, but I, I do want to be candid. How's that worked out for you so far? How's that working out for you? Trusting yourself. Making this God. I mean, we don't think of it in those terms, of course. That would be crazy. But making this God. Making this the area that we're trusting. I trust in my ability. I trust in my talents. I trust in my strength. I trust in my hard work. This is not about... working harder, trying harder, but trusting harder. Nobody can help you more than God. Nobody cares for you more than God. Nobody loves you more than God. Nobody has more resources available to you than God. No one has more answers, more right answers, by the way, not just answers, but right answers. There's a lot of answers. No one has more right answers than God.
If we want the new things of God, then we must trust God to help us succeed. We've got to depend on Him, not on ourselves. You've got to depend on Him, not on you. You're good. You're good. You're just not that good. You're strong. You're just not that strong. You're talented. You're just not that talented. Not enough to be dependent upon yourself. Right? Believe. Pray. And live like God told you the truth. Because He did. Let's live our lives. Let's believe. Let's pray. Let's ask. Let's seek. Like what He has told us that He was telling us the truth. Let's live our lives that way, that His promises are true, that He is completely trustworthy, that He is good and only good. New things don't come in a new year because you try harder. But they will come when we start trusting Him more and trusting Him harder. God wants to do a new thing for you this year. But God wants you to let Him. Will you let Him? Will you let Him do that new thing? He wants to do a new thing, but He wants you to let Him. Will you trust Him? Will you put your trust in Him? Trusting God is an intentional action. I place my trust in you. I trust you with that. I trust you with that. I don't want it. I trust you. I place it in you. It's intentional. We don't stumble upon trust. It's intentional. I place my trust in you. I place my heart in your hands. I place my future in you. I trust you. Here it is. I don't want to be in charge of that. I want you to. I trust you. How do I trust God? How do I trust God? How do we trust Him? As we discussed earlier, let let Jesus be the Lord of your thought life. Don't think on the past, but meditate on God, His Word, His promises, His beauty, His goodness. Meditate on the lovely. If you want to trust the Lord your God with all your heart, then you have to trust Him with your thoughts. You have to. You have to. When you're lying in bed and your mind is consumed by the heaviness and you're looking at the ceiling and your mind's going back to mistakes and I wish I would have done that and hurts and all these things, what are you going to intentionally place there? Lord, right now, Father, you know I'm just bombarded by this. Lord, I'm bombarded by this heaviness. I'm just, I feel like I'm being waylaid and sucker punched by the enemy and all these thoughts. So, Lord, I think on you. Lord, I believe you love me. I believe that you're completely trustworthy. Lord, I believe. And just start thinking. Just start thinking. Think about the good. Lord, I thank you for that hug that I got from that one sister today. Lord, that just really touched my heart. And so, Lord, I thank you that you, Lord, you put it on her heart to hug me. Lord, I thank you for the, Lord, your affection shown to me by others. Lord, I thank you that I'm not, you know, just start thinking on him. How do I trust God? How do I trust God? with proven examples. 
What do I mean by that? Can we list even a single person in the Bible who has succeeded without trusting God? Even one. Is there one? Do we have an example of anyone that saw success by not trusting God? There's not one there, friends. But there's example after example after example of people that succeeded by trusting in God, even in the midst of being thrown in pits, even in the midst of being betrayed by brothers, even in the midst of false accusation by employers' wives, even in the midst of of all these things. Look at Joseph and all the things he went through. Even in the midst of these things, God still kept opening up doors and blessed him and elevated him. He had to trust God through every one of those pitfalls. And life has those pitfalls. But we trust Him. We trust Him through those difficulties. How do we trust God? We must be willing to return, to rest, and to trust. To return, to rest, and to trust. What do I mean by return? Just, I'm not even talking about like a rededication. Oh, I've walked away from the Lord. And now I know how to rededicate. I, my personal belief is the, the bond of the covenant of Jesus Christ in our lives is much stronger than us having to rededicate our lives just because we dropped the F-bomb when we got mad. Whatever we did. I'm serious, guys. The bond of that covenant is so much more. When I was a kid, dude, we rededicated our lives like every week. Every time we had a dirty thought, we had to rededicate our lives. That's not return, but return my focus. Return my sights on Him. Return my affections. Return my heart sometimes. Sometimes I I take that heart and I give it other places. Return my heart. The Lord is waiting on you to wait on Him. He's waiting on you to wait on Him. Isaiah 30, 15, and then I'm going to read 18. So I'm going to skip 16 and 17, but I'm going to read the the intro and then the, the closing of that. Isaiah 30, 15 says this, For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One in Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. Unwilling to what? Unwilling to trust. Unwilling to rest. Unwilling to return. Unwilling to go to the still places in Him. And then verse 18 it says, He says, But you were unwilling, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. You guys, that's powerful. He's just waiting. He's like, I've got so much graciousness that's going to overwhelm you. But look right here. Come right here. You guys, you could be doing the coolest things right now. You could be doing the most amazing things, but if I don't return my gaze, my attention to you, I'm not going to see it. And that's the way it is with the Lord, guys. He's doing such cool and amazing things. But if we don't set our gaze on Him, we're just not going to see it. 
We're not going to experience it. We're not going to be a part of it. It could be the most unbelievable thing that Michael is doing right now. <coughs> and I wouldn't know until I return my focus onto him. And it's the same with the Lord, guys. Trust him. Always return to him. Rest in him. Be still in his presence. I want to make something abundantly clear because a lot of times when we talk about trust as, as humans, you know, we think of trust in, in different terms. We think, um, hey, you know, you, you've, you have to earn my trust. For me to trust you, you have to earn my trust. And I, and I get it. There's, there's some truth to that, but, but there's no truth to that when it comes to God. God does not have to earn our trust. God is trustworthy. We trust Him. We trust God. He doesn't have to earn it. He doesn't have to jump through hoops. He doesn't have to prove it. We trust God. Okay? It might be different with people, but it's not that way with God. His trust never never earned, but given. So how can you know if you're trusting God? Examine the fruit. If you're going through a difficult time, if you're going through a stressful time, And there's peace. You can be like pretty stinking excited. You're like, I'm trusting God. This is ridiculous. This is peace that goes beyond understanding. I'm trusting Him. I'm in the midst of this storm and I'm trusting Him. I'm not freaking out. I'm not panicking. Look at the fruit. Examine the fruit. Am I trusting God? If we're in the midst of the difficulty and we are losing it, then we're not trusting Him. Right? Because when He's in the room, I don't worry about anything. When he's next to me, I don't worry about anything. I don't care what's going on. That's exact. I mean, we just have to know he's right there beside us. Fear not. Trust God. If, if we're being consumed with fear, friends, we're not trusting him. Fear is putting your faith in anything other than God. Putting your faith in anything other than God is fear. You guys, God has new things for us. He's got completely unimagined, awesome, ridiculous things. He's got a newness that He it wants us to walk in and to, to, to experience, to be included in. It'll blow us away. It's not just a, a new, unbroken version of ourselves, but it's, it's astounding. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous how cool it is. But it does require trust. We get those things by setting our hearts and our eyes on Jesus and doing what? One step. Followed by another step. Right? We don't have to get there overnight. We don't have to jump caverns. Just one step. Just trust Him with that one step. Just trust Him with the next thing that, that we're faced with. Just trust Him with everything that we're faced with.